What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. Hello, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there. Today is Thursday, November 24th. With the holiday going on, obviously schedules are a little bit hectic, so crew couldn't be all together this week, so it's just going to be me again. Another episode of Ryan's Rants here. I'm going to go through some of the latest quarterback moves and information that's going on throughout the league, give you some injury updates for everything going on this week, and then we're going to get out of here. It's going to be another quick episode today. It's just me by myself running everything. So, with that being said, let's just hop right into it today. So, got a couple of big uh, news stories breaking as far as the quarterback position is concerned. And we're going to start off with the New York Jets. So, if you have not been paying attention, Zach Wilson has been officially benched for this upcoming week. He, in fact, will be a healthy inactive. He will not be part of the 53-man roster or the, you know, the game day roster for the New York Jets. Mike White will be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets this upcoming week, and Joe Flacco will be the backup. So... I know at the start of the season, they went with Joe Flacco to start out, obviously, and with Zach Wilson being out, and everyone's there's been some questions as to, you know, why Mike White over Joe Flacco with a team that's ready to compete. Seems like, you know, it could be playoff caliber team if it had the right quarterback back there, so why wouldn't you go with a veteran who's kind of experienced and knows what he's doing? Well, let's take a look at some numbers real quick, and we can talk about that a little bit. So... Mike White played three games for the New York Jets last season. He went 1-2 in those three games. He had a 66.7% completion percentage. He had a 953 yards for 7.2 yards per attempt. Five touchdowns to eight interceptions. He also had five rushing attempts for a grand total of negative one yards. That is correct. Negative one yards on his five rushing attempts. So that's Mike White's numbers. And then we think back to the beginning of this year with Joe Flacco and everything and how good they were doing. Well, let's take a look at this real quick. Here are the numbers for that. Joe Flacco also started three games for the Jets, except it was this season, not last season. He went 1-2, and two, just like Mike White, except he had a 58.7% completion percentage. So, you know, a good 8% lower than Mike White's. He threw for 901 yards. Good for 5.8 yards per attempt. So they would throw for a lot of yards, and he would put up all these big stats, but on a per-play basis, just not as effective. Again, we're talking Mike White 7.2 versus Joe Flacco's 5.8. So for all you know, the high yardage you think of when you think of Joe Flacco at the beginning of the season, it's because they were just throwing the ball so many times. And again, 58.7% completion percentage. He wasn't exactly completing all these, and it's not like he was gunning them downfield. He's averaging a little over 5.5 yards per attempt. He did have five touchdowns to only three interceptions, as opposed to Mike White's eight interceptions with the five touchdowns, so he does come out in that ahead uh, in that category. And then he had three rushing attempts for a grand total of six yards. That is basically the numbers in a three-game sample size for each of them. Mike White is obviously a little bit younger. He is drafted in the 2018 draft by the Dallas Cowboys in a later round, I believe the fifth round, unless I'm mistaken. So he's been around for a few years. The only games he's ever started and played in were the three games for the Jets last year. So that should kind of tell you a little bit about Mike White. There just might be more untapped potential with Mike White than Joe Flacco. Maybe a little more athleticism, and that's why the Jets decided to roll with him out there. And it's like, hey, we don't need him to throw 50 times a game and complete 
you know, get 300 yards a game. We just need someone who's going to limit the amount of mistakes that they're making. So that is what's going on there with the Jets. Of course, and part of this all has to do with, it's not just Zach Wilson's performance, because this is the other thing, you know, two weeks ago, everybody was in love with Zach Wilson. He looked great. He had them, you know, beating the Bills and, and everything, and they looked like they were on their way to first place in the AFC East. And then this past week happened against the Patriots, and they just, like, it could not have been more obvious that this coaching staff does not trust Zach Wilson to be the guy. I mean, they had the ball back with a chance to, you know, possibly move into scoring position, take lead. It was tied 3-3 this game. Most of the, the game was 3-3 almost the entire way through with not much happening on offense or defense, okay? So, to get towards the end of the game and have a chance to take the lead and... Just move yourself in a scoring position. It's not like they needed to drive down 75 yards and score a touchdown. They just needed to get in field goal range, and they didn't trust Zach Wilson to be able to do that for them. They handed the ball off. They ran. They they, they essentially gave up. You could tell from the plays that they were playing for overtime. And then what ends up happening is they punt the ball away, and New England returns that punt for a touchdown and ends up winning the game like that, so the Jets didn't even get overtime. And again, I've talked about this before. I've mentioned it as far as other things concerned. This is what happens when you play scared. You got to play to win the game. You can't play to just, oh, well, let's keep things as they are. Like, no, the other team is trying to change the way things are and trying to do more than what's currently happening. And when you get into this mode of, oh, well, we'll just keep going with the flow, like, you know, it, it just leads to mistakes happening. And essentially just like, again, it's a matter of want. And one team is showing that they want it more by continuing to put the effort in and continuing to try to win the game as opposed to another team that's just trying not to lose the game. And it's very obvious when a team is trying not to lose a game. And it's amazing how many times it comes back to bite a team in the butt. So, uh... You know, I don't necessarily feel too bad for the Jets. They made their own kind of bed with this. If you didn't trust Zach Wilson to, you know, drive you down the field into field goal range, then he probably shouldn't have been the quarterback that was out there on the field at that point. And if you made the decision that he was going to be on the field and play, then you got to try to go for the win there. I don't, I just, you had first place in the AFC East on the line and you decided that you were going to try to play it safe against Bill Belichick. And it's just not a smart move. So what does this do for the skill players for the New York Jets? Well, I don't know that it does a whole lot for them this week. I'm, you know, Mike White does tend to have a tendency to kind of check the ball down to his running backs. Of course, that was last year when he didn't have Garrett Wilson on the team. And he also favored Elijah Moore a bit last year when he was out there. And now he's back out there. I just, I don't know that I'd be confidently starting Mike White right, or Michael Carter right now. With no teams on a bye this week, everybody's available for you to play, and, you know, you just don't know. The tendency from last year could change, especially with Garrett Wilson and different offense out there. They could run the ball a lot more. It's just there's no guarantee that Michael Carter comes out and catches 10 balls like he was last year. So, and as far as Garrett Wilson and the pass catchers go, again, it makes it kind of hard to see. Like, we saw... Them have some production earlier in the start of the season when Joe Flacco was out there at quarterback, but Mike White is not Joe Flacco. You know, his numbers might be just as efficient, so we could see, but again, those numbers more had to do with the fact that the Jets were throwing it about 60 times a game at the start of the season, and I don't think that's the pathway the Jets want to go down to win the game. So I'm holding on starting any of the... Like, if you weren't starting a Jets player last week with, you know, with Zach Wilson under center, I'm not going to be starting any of them this week with Mike White under center. 
is essentially how I look at it. I, I need to see what this new offense looks like with Mike White under center, if there's actually any difference or anything like that, or if it's just going to be more of the same. So as far as the jet skill position players, that's how I'm viewing that. Uh, this going, not, that's not going to be the only quarterback change happening this week. The Carolina Panthers have decided that they are going to go with Sam Darnold as their starting QB for this week. So Baker Mayfield on the bench. He is done. What does this mean for the skill players there on the Carolina Panthers? Again, just like with the Mike White situation in New York, I'm not sure that it means a whole lot for the players on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I'm still very nervous about starting DJ Moore. You just don't know how it's going to look there with Sam Darnold under center. They have had some connection in the past, you know, last year when they he was out there on the field. So we'll see if maybe this can resuscitate a little bit of DJ Moore's value, but that's, you know, that's about it. I'm not particularly interested in starting any other pass catcher on this team at the moment, you know, not really interested in what's going on at the running pack position. I mean, there's just, there's no one really to start on the Carolina Panthers. I'm, if, you know, Sam Darnold comes out, I managed to get this to a functioning offense, then maybe you want to start DJ Moore again, and maybe we start, you know, taking a look at the running backs. But at this point in time, I can't imagine starting a Carolina Panther confidently, especially with playoff push coming up and the playoffs approaching. So these are games you really need to win. And I just, I think, I don't know that the upside for any of these players is high enough to warrant risking the downside of them when you really need to win these matches. There are other, again, no teams on a bye. There should be other offenses where you can find a player to start this week. So, all right. So with that being said, then we have a couple of other issues, a couple other injuries on the quarterback front. Then we have Matthew Stafford, who's officially been ruled out this week with a neck injury. I know we had it as a, you know, it was listed as a concussion earlier, talked about a second concussion in, you know, two or three weeks there. The listing is a neck injury officially on the injury report, which is why he's out. But the bottom line is Matthew Stafford is out this week. It will either be John Wolford, John Wolford or Bryce Perkins. Either way, that's not particularly great for your pass catchers. And actually, as far as the pass catchers go, I mean, Allen Robinson's dealing with an ankle issue. He did practice on a limited basis the other day. But, I mean... Tyler Higby is also banged up as well. He was limited with a knee issue, so we'll see about him. And it's just, you know, the Rams are just a really banged up team right now. And with them starting a backup quarterback, I again, I just think you can find better options to start at the moment. If you were going to start one of these pass catchers, I would be starting Allen Robinson with Tyler Higby banged up. Allen Robinson uh, should be the de facto number one pass catching target on the team. Based off volume alone, he could put up a productive day he could also just have kind of a safe floor of around 10 points or so you know like five catches for 50 yards something like that and then the possibility of getting into the end zone to raise it up a little bit but that again that's uh, this is another team that I'd just be I would be looking to avoid quite frankly I wouldn't be looking to start any of these players you know in particular the running back situation there is just a mess the Rams recently released Daryl Henderson, so now it's just down essentially to Cam Akers and Kyron Williams in the backfield. Cam Akers looked like he was going to be off this team a few weeks ago, and now he appears to be the starting running back. Then you have Kyron Williams, who the Rams traded up for to get in this past draft. They don't have a lot of draft capital, so the fact that they sacrificed some of what they did have to move up and get him means that they you know, imagined a role for him on this team. I'm just not sure what it is, and even if they you know, have a role planned for him at the moment, the team is just 
The O-line is bad. The quarterback situation is a mess. And it doesn't matter what their planned role was for him is because they're just not an effective offense at this point in time. So, yeah, with Stafford out, you're pretty much looking to avoid the Rams if you can. If there was a pass catcher you're going to take a flyer on, it would be Allen Robinson, in my opinion. I'm not, you know, Ben Skoranek and Van Jefferson haven't really shown a whole lot. And, again, the thing that Al Robinson has going for him is he's getting a lot of targets in the end zone. So he always has the chance to, you know, have, you know, two catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. And, again, just happen to save your day by falling into the end zone. But it's much more likely with Allen Robinson than it is for the other players on that team. More quarterback injury news. We've got Kyler Murray dealing with a hamstring. He says that he does expect to play this upcoming Sunday. So he should be out there. Should be good to go. But, again, we'll see. A lot of players say that they should be ready to go this Sunday and then end up not playing. Justin Fields. So... Justin Fields is dealing with a shoulder injury to his non-throwing shoulder. He apparently has a separated shoulder with partially torn ligaments. He says that his plan is to be out there and to play on Sunday. So despite having partially torn ligaments in his non-throwing shoulder, he is going to try to play. He said it's a matter of whether or not they can protect his shoulder and keep him you know, from aggravating the injury or making it any worse than it was before. So what this means from a fantasy perspective is Justin Fields is a very risky start because the main thing that Justin Fields had going for him as far as fantasy points goes was he did a lot of running. Well, if you're trying to prevent yourself from taking any you know, additional damage to your partially torn ligaments in your shoulder, you're probably going to avoid taking some hits. So that might lead to a little, le a little less rushing, maybe fewer designed runs for Justin Fields. But at the same time, it's one of those things where if your line isn't particularly good, which the Bears' offensive line is not particularly good, then you might be running for your life and you might have to scramble in order to avoid taking a sack and avoid taking a hit like that. So what could it mean for... It just means that Justin Fields, his floor is not as safe as it was a few weeks ago because he's not guaranteed to have that rushing upside he typically has. And if he's not running and rushing, then the floor could actually fall out pretty quickly underneath of them. So, again, it's a risky start to start Justin Fields. Keep an eye out on the injury report for the rest of the week. But I, there's not a whole lot of great options to pivot to in the quarterback situation. So I think if Justin Fields play, you have to play him. But just take that into account when you're setting the rest of your lineup where, you know, Justin Fields could not be the Justin Fields of typical. So you either want to take the strategy of, you know, let's try to get a bunch of secure guys with safe floors that'll get me points and make sure the bottom doesn't fall out. Or if you want to try to go with the strategy of, hey, I'm going to need, you know, two, one, two, three other guys with a lot of upside to their play that can hopefully cancel out any, you know, negative effects of Justin Fields' injury. But it's, you know, it's all about the strategy you want to take with that. But again, just keep following up on the injury report. And if Justin Fields doesn't play, it sort of solves your problem for you. Of course, now you got to start another quarterback, and there's not a whole lot of great options out there. So take a look, see if, you know, somebody like Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, anybody like that is available in your league, Trevor Lawrence, possibly. And as far as the rest of the skill players on the Bears go, I mean, you're starting David Montgomery with no Khalil Herbert. He should be a mid-tier RB2. And then... Haven't seen much of Chase Claypool, and again, Darnell Mooney seems like he's a risky play, again, with just with the Fields injury and all that. 
And then as far as we uh, go with quarterback injuries, the last one we're going to talk about, Lamar Jackson dealing with a hip injury. Harbaugh did come out and say that he expects Lamar Jackson to play this upcoming Sunday. Shouldn't be any issue. He's held out more of a precaution. So we'll see. Just Again, this is just something to keep an eye on. We see a quarterback like Lamar Jackson pop up on the injury report when we didn't really notice anything significant. And not a whole lot of explanation at first as to what was going on with Lamar. Again, it's a hip issue. So we'll we'll see. There, there wasn't any skill players on the team besides, you know, Mark Andrews that you were st- starting anyway. So, you know, maybe if you were starting Robins, Demarcus Robinson on that team or whatever, you might want to... I, I just would be considering somebody else this week anyway. With, again, no teams on a bye. You should have a better option than Robinson for the Baltimore Ravens. And the running back situation is, is hit or miss there. It's real up and down. Not really sure who's going to be lead. Gus Edwards is still questionable. Not sure whether or not he'll be available this week for them. Or, if, you know, they're just going to run it back like they did last week with with Kenyon Drake, so, you know, it could be Drake, it could be Gus Edwards, it could be a combo of the two, I don't know, again, uh, the only person you should really be starting out of this offense would have been Mark Andrews and then Lamar Jackson, and with Lamar Jackson injured, something to keep an eye on, and he also hasn't been Lamar Jackson of old, so if he's dealing with a hip injury, uh, it's going to just negatively affect his rushing game that much, you know, that much more, so, again, try there's not a whole lot of other options you can do at quarterback position, but avoid pass catchers on the Ravens if possible, obviously aside from Mark Andrews. Moving on to running back injuries, Joe Mixon is dealing with concussion. We'll see. He did not practice at all on Wednesday. We'll see if he's able to progress through the concussion protocol and be available for Sunday. If not, you want to try to grab Samaj P. Ryan. He should fill in pretty much as the every down back with Joe Mixon out of there. It might be some other guys rotated in behind him. You're not sure, but... It's unfortunate because Joe Mixon has been one of the better running backs in fantasy football this season, and dealing with an injury again right as we're approaching the playoff push, just unfortunate, but hopefully you're able to grab some AJP Ryan to replace it. Moving on to some other running back situations, Latavius Murray is dealing with a wrist injury for the Broncos. I have no idea what the Broncos are doing with the running back situation. You know, they've waived Melvin Gordon, so he's gone. He's out of there. They're sick of him fumbling. Not really much of a surprise that he's been waived at this point. It seems like it's been trending that way for a while. Again, it's just surprising because this is a guy who was stealing touches from Javante Williams as recently as the start of this season. And now all of a sudden he's waived and off the team. And just like, I don't know. Like once Javante Williams wasn't an active member of the roster, all of a sudden Melvin Gordon wasn't particularly effective and kept fumbling the ball and couldn't get anything going for this offense. And I know this whole offense has been kind of abysmal, but he's also had five fumbles. He hasn't lost it. I think he's only lost one of them, but you can't keep putting the ball on the ground like that, especially when, you know, the one that you lost was on the goal line and probably cost you guys the chance at that game. But I just don't know what they're doing at the running back situation. They've got Latavius Murray, then they've got Marlon Mack, and then Divine Ozigbo is the running back situation that the Broncos are going to go into this game with. Broncos are also dealing with the fact that Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler banged up and didn't practice on Wednesday either. So it's basically Cortland Sutton and Greg Dulcich as far as the skilled players go. And that would normally be good if such a narrow route tree, only two guys that we're looking at. The problem is Russell Wilson hasn't been good this season, and the Broncos' offense hasn't been good this season. So 
even with Corlin Sutton being and Greg Dulcich being the only targets on the team, I don't know. You could probably start Dulcich because of the tight end position, but you can't confidently start Corlin Sutton at this point in time. You just you never know how this is going to go with him. He had, like it's been a while since we've seen Sutton break out and have a huge game. And again, I just think you know with the loss of the other weapons around there, it just puts more focus on Corlin Sutton and kind of leaves it like yeah. Uh, we'll let Greg Dulcich beat us if that's the route you want to go down, but we're going to cover Cortland Sutton. So it's just a difficult situation there for the Broncos. DeAndre Swift has no injury designation again for this week heading into the game. This has happened the past couple of weeks. The Lions have taken him off the injury report. He's had no designation going into the game. And then he's still on a pitch count or a snap count or a touch count, whatever you want to call it for the Lions. I don't know. Maybe on Thursday against the Bills, who have a good run defense, they're going to need to involve the running backs more in the passing game. You know, Jamison Williams is not going to be activated for this game. I know they activated him from his window to be activated from IR, the 21-day window. Well, he's not going to be ready for this game, so they're still down pass catchers. It's still just Amon Ross St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, DJ Chark is back. Or I think Khalif Raymond is back, I'm not positive, so... Yeah, so it's basically Amon Ross St. Brown at this point, catching passes with T.J. Hawkinson gone, and then you've got the running backs there. So, again, just with how good the Bills' run defense is, maybe it requires them to throw it a little bit more, and that'll get more involvement from DeAndre Swift. Maybe he's put the injuries behind him and shown the coaching staff that he deserves to be out there in his more full-time role. I don't know. I'd still probably have Jamal Williams ranked over DeAndre Swift until you see what's going on with DeAndre Swift. Leonard Fournette is dealing with a hip issue. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Coaches came out and said that they plan to take the hot hand approach when it comes to the Tampa Bay backfield. So could be Rashad Wright. It could be Leonard Fournette, depending on who's got the hot hand. At the moment, Rashad White is not dealing with an injury, and Leonard Fournette is. Rashad White got the injury two weeks ago when, you know, prior to the Buccaneers' bye when they played in Germany. So he was the starter then. He took the first snap, got the first carry, I believe, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so being as that he's younger, he's not injured, and he seemed more explosive, he seems likely to be the hot hand. If Rashad White is available in your league, pick up Rashad White and put him on your bench. Don't start him this week because... Again, with the, the whole hot hand approach, you know, it could be a mix. It could be that neither guy is particularly effective if this offense isn't effective. But maybe this offense has figured some things out and they start to get things rolling and Rashad White ends up being a guy that will carry you through your fantasy playoffs. So pick him up and stash him on your bench now. We had talked about this before a couple episodes ago, but again, just a reminder for everybody out there. And then Aaron Jones is also limited on Wednesday. He's dealing with a shin slash glute injury. That's something to keep an eye on. I hadn't seen a whole lot about this prior to the injury report. So just something to keep an eye on with Aaron Jones. Then moving on to the pass catchers, Marquise Brown for the Arizona Cardinals. He hasn't been activated yet. I know there's talk he might have played Monday night. He didn't end up playing Monday night. He still hasn't officially been activated off of IR, and Cliff Kingsbury said that even if he was activated, he would be on a pitch count if active. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about Marquise Brown. And I know other teams have said that before. The Chargers said that about Keenan Allen when they brought him back in this recent game, and then Mike Williams go down and the whole game plan gets thrown out the window. So again, Marquise Brown expect to be on a pitch count, but it, you know with the other injuries that they are dealing with there in Arizona... With Rondell Moore banged up and not practicing on Wednesday, <clears throat> you know, it's just a matter of basically they've got to field a team. They've got to put people out there. And they have no Zach Ertz, no Rondell Moore. You're down basically now DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, 
and then you got to hope that Marquise Brown is available for you. So, again, maybe the plan changes a little bit once he's out there and if he's feeling all right, but it'd be risky to start Marquise Brown this week, and Rondell Moore is, at this moment doesn't seem like he's going to be playing. Jamar Chase returned to practice on a limited basis. That's good news for the Bengal. We'll see. There was some talk about possibly easing him back in. So, again, nothing official, but it could be one of those things where he's also on a snap count if he's out there. Talked about earlier, Handler and Judy did not practice for the Broncos. Keep an eye on that situation. Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb were both limited for the Green Bay Packers on Wednesday. Lazard is dealing with a shoulder injury. Randall Cobb is dealing with a hip injury. And then Juju Smith-Schuster was a full practice for the Kansas City Chiefs. He looks like he is progressing through the protocol and should be ready to go for this upcoming week, which is good for the Chiefs because they're limited on pass catchers outside of Travis Kelsey at the moment. Kadarius Toney did not practice with a hamstring injury. So, again, with no Mikko Hardman, no Kadarius Toney, no MVS, we'll see it. Juju could be a sneaky flex play this week. He is a guy that I would be looking if he's full and ready to go that I'd be, you know, willing to put out there. You just have to keep in mind that they're playing Los Angeles Rams with a backup quarterback, so it might not necessarily be a high-scoring game. So this could be something where, you know, if Travis Kelsey catches the, the Chiefs first two touchdowns, that could be it as far as passing touchdowns go for the team. So keep that in mind. Mike Williams did not practice, dealing with an ankle injury that he re-aggravated in Sunday's game after returning from, you know, IR. We'll see what happens with Mike Williams. At this moment, I wouldn't be expecting him to play. That means I'm starting Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer. <sighs> also for the Los Angeles Chargers, Gerald Everett dealing with a groin injury. Again, it just makes Keenan, it makes the tar na target tree that much more narrow and makes me more confident about starting Joshua Palmer and Keenan Allen. And then we have Wondell Robinson for the New York Jets. He's on IR. He tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Probably going to miss most of next, most if not all of next season as well. Unfortunately, due to the timing of his injury, that pretty much leaves the New York Giants with Darius Slayton as their only productive wide receiver thus far. So I'd be looking. He again, just based off the fact that he's the only one on that offense who's there to catch targets, he should see some extra volume. He could possibly be a sneaky flex play. I wouldn't. So the difference between him and Juju, I would be confident picking Juju up now and throwing him in my lineup this week. Darius Slayton is somebody I'm going to put on my bench and wait and see. And then another surprise injury here, Debo Samuel. So he's dealing with a hamstring injury. He was a limited practice on Wednesday. Keep an eye on Debo Samuel. If Debo's out, that just means more for Brandon IU, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and the likes of them, who you're probably already starting anyway. And then, last but not least, tight end position. David Njoku is still dealing with his ankle and knee injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. We already talked about Tyler Higbee. He was limited due to a knee issue. Jared Everett we talked about, limited due to a groin issue. And then finally, we have Logan Thomas, who was limited in practice due to a rib issue. So we'll see if he is available for the Washington Commanders this upcoming week. But other than that, that is everything for this episode. Again, we're just going through the injury updates real quick. It, that was going to be it. And then, of course, you know, obviously the drama is going on quarterback. But enjoy the football today. we got a couple of games on today, obviously, for Thanksgiving. we got three games throughout the day. Enjoy that. Enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Peace out.